Spud, people will be asking, what kind of varieties will you recommend? Because in this country, it seems to me, most people love the nice flowery, flowery. cauliflower type Spud. We're not into the wet and waxy no, stuff No, we're not. Here. We're not. Um, well, if, if people like, say, a salad potato, you know, some some would like to grow salad varieties or, say, for wedges, then the, the actual, the... Um, the more soapy potatoes are actually ideal for that. But we, of course, the Irish love the traditional Irish spud, the flowery potato. Curse Pink's Rooster are probably one of the two po- most popular. There's a lovely Irish variety that I grew last year called Satanta. Um, it's a blight-resistant variety. It's a red-skinned. It's actually parent was Rooster. So oh. it was bred with Rooster right. potato. So it's got all the qualities of the Rooster, but it's more flowery. Um, it doesn't suffer from um, blight, which is great, so you don't have to be spraying it. It's a main crop variety, so if you plant it now, you'll have it any time from mid-July right through to September. It actually stores extremely well. So you'd still be using it at this time of year if you grew it last year. Satanta. Satanta. Good it Irish name. Good Irish Yeah, it's, it's out probably two or three years now, but it's a good proven variety, for, particularly if, if listeners, many listeners, dislike that they, uh, they haven't to spray the potato yes. to keep the blight yeah. off them. And so they that, worry about that too. They worry about that. They're never quite sure when to do it. Yeah, so Satanta for me is a good, it's a good eating potato, good cropping potato, but it's also a maintenance-free variety if you want few early varieties, if you want that kind of new potato taste, you know, digging the spuds, say, at the end of June, early July, then go for the traditional Sharps Express, it's a lovely variety. Orla is a lovely Irish variety, it was bred in Kilkenny. Another good Irish one is called Colleen, and both Orla and Colleen, again, have great blight resistance. But they're early, you'll be certainly digging them at the end of July. If you've got a tunnel, grow them in a couple of pots or containers, an old plastic bucket, put three or four tubers into them in a compost, put stick it into the tunnel or greenhouse and you'll have the potatoes a month early. So there's lots of Are varieties. They flowery? They're they're very flowery. They've got that lovely new potato yes, taste, God. Jerry. Um Duke of York and Red Duke of York are two nice varieties as well. Um, another good one is one called Accord, which is um, a main an early variety, but it's actually a lovely one for salads. That I mentioned, you know, if you yeah. want something for your salad, on the waxy side, yeah, good for salad. Then, then look for yeah. a cord. It's quite a nice one for pots and containers. There's a great variety called Rocket, and it's called Rocket because it grows so quickly. <laughs> so about seven or eight weeks after planting, you've got potatoes from Rocket. So that's a good one for pots and containers, particularly if you've got a greenhouse or tunnel. Look at there's lots of varieties. I was going to say, gone are the days when there'd be only one or two. There must be hundreds huge, of varieties. Huge. And all the traditional varieties there, Golden Wonders, Curse Pinks, Records, all the traditional varieties. We all grew up with Home Guards, absolutely. But there's lots of improved varieties, particularly varieties that are resistant to scab, to uh, blight and so on. Yeah. And, and many of the varieties I mentioned were, you know, are bred for that. But uh, they've also got the great taste as well, which is important. Will we open the clinic? We will, but just before we do that, uh, just to mention that this weekend uh, we have a special hedging weekend okay. in Turlock. We've got, got actually one of the Irish growers of hedging. Billy Kelly has come down. He's actually going to be in the centre from 11 o'clock today right through to the till, till we close this evening. And Billy's going to bring a whole range of the hardy hedging plants. So I know there's lots of listeners out there that are still looking at those dead and damaged hedges. Mm. Look, at this is the weekend to get, get them out, start planting. The Beirut season is still... Uh, the Beirut plants are still available for planting so we're still in the Beirut season but with this very early warm weather that's going to finish very quickly so my advice to people if they're putting in laurels or beach or whatever start thinking about this weekend come down to the to the garden centre in Turlock talk to Billy he'll give you very good advice on, on what to consider and we'll have lots of plans for people yeah. to show people because I, I can mention the names but it's very hard for people to associate really what to hell. see these and what, feel these exactly and touch, and touch these, them so it's a good weekend to come in and we'll be running the hedging weekend both today and tomorrow and because it's coming to the end of the Beirut season we've got a lot of special promotions on as well. Fantastic, alright uh, as we said the clinic is open, you can call us on uh, I suppose 0818 3055 is the handiest number it's our low call number and with thanks to CNC Cellular you can also text us on 087 941 41 and Porrick Horgan is our gardening expert in studio until 10, let's get cracking. A listener was recently given a mini tunnel and wants some hints and tips on how best to use it. Well the mini tunnel is is, is a great way of getting a, a jump start in the season. So I would use it for sowing seeds. So all your summer bedding plants, start sowing them now. So your marigolds, your basilisks, your begonias, use the tunnel to, to help to germinate those seeds. And when you're sowing seeds, Jerry, pick a container that, if it's only 100 seed, well then pack, pick a small container. It'll tell you on the back of the pack how many seeds are contained in the pack. Um, water the compost well, sow the seed, and cover with cling film. 
and that saves you having to water the seedlings Remoisons, again. Remoistens, yeah. Exactly. Stick it into the, the tunnel and you, within about two weeks those seeds will have germinated. The tunnel could also be used for potting up bulbs, so things like dahlias, begonias, stick them into some seed trays, some uh, maybe tomato containers, some pots with, with a good compost, keep them moist and again the tunnel will accelerate the growth and they'll come into growth early. Again the, the mini tunnel could be used later on for things like miniature tomatoes. So if it's a small tunnel, there's a lovely tomato called Totem, which only grows two feet in height, produces lovely large red tomatoes and would be excellent in the in the mini tunnel. Um, what else could you use? Any of the salad crops, so lettuce, um, anything to kind of, you know, bring the, the mm. crops on early. So the tunnel is really used to sow seeds, sow bulbs, get a jump start on the season and then for the summer months grow all the fruiting plants like tomatoes, melons, cucumbers, courgettes, any of those can be put into the tunnel. So it's a great... Uh, it's like an incubator, really. It is. It is. That's exactly the word for it. And, and use it for those purposes to kind of get the, a jump start on the season. Yeah. Um, you know, you could even use it, particularly early in the season in January and February, to chit the potatoes, to put the potatoes in with the eyes facing up. And because the, the heat, you get the buds coming on early. I use it often to, to start, say, onion sets fairly early in the season, plant them up in a few seed trays, stick them into the tunnel, and they're maybe six, eight inches high now at this time of year for transplanting out into the garden. So tunnels are, and greenhouses are used, particularly in the early part of the year, for getting a jump start, sowing yeah. seeds, sowing bulbs, uh, propagating plants, and then use it in the summer to grow your tomatoes, your cucumbers, your courgettes, those plants that need a little bit more protection. I have black worm-like insects climbing onto my porch and walking along the path. What okay. are these and how can I get rid of them? Th that's a little um, insect called millipedes. Now, to be honest, they don't do a huge amount of damage in the garden. They'll eat the odd daffodil, they'll eat the odd seedling. If you had them in the, in the greenhouse or the tunnels, certainly I'd, I'd be keeping an eye on them and, and taking some protective measure. But to be honest, uh, millipedes do very little damage to the garden. But they are a garden insect. And at this time of year, and particularly now this week with the heat, they're going to be come on, coming onto concrete surfaces. So you'll see them on your pathway and your walls, particularly in the evening time. As the day is cooling down, the, the, the heat is still retained in the walls of the house and you're going to get the millipedes walking up the wall, walking across the pathways. And they can be quite numerous. I mean, you could be looking at 100 or 200 of them marching along. So people get a little bit scared mm. with them and so on. And often they'll creep into the house. If they're very bad, there is a treatment you can use called Protective C. It's a simple spray. You put it onto the pathway and when the insect walks onto the pathway, it will kill them off. Now, I would only advocate using that if they're very, very oh, bad. Get out the sweeping brush, sweep them up and, and move them somewhere else. They're not going to do a huge amount of damage. What was the weed control you said last week for potatoes? And can you spell it? Uh, I use it I'd like to use it, says Lorcan. Uh, well, the, the one I, I mentioned was a, a treatment called Linuron, L-I-N-U-R-O-N. And now Linuron is used for potatoes. Basically, the way to use it, Lorcan, is to plant your potatoes create the drills, mould up the potatoes, finish, so finish the planting of the potatoes and have the drills nicely uh, moulded up or the ridges moulded up and then apply the linuron to the top of the soil. What the linuron does effectively is stop any seeds, weed seeds from germinating so you don't get any weed growth at all on the surface of the drills. So it saves you having to weed wow. or hold the beds. The potatoes are unaffected, they'll grow right through the, the uh, treatment and you know, produce the potatoes as, as normal. So that's the thing called linuron. The growers, that's how commercially the growers keep the, the fields clean Free. of weeds. Yeah. yeah. So the important thing is to plant the potatoes, uh, put in the fertiliser when you're planting, mould up the soil and then use the linuron on the very top surface of the soil and that'll keep it weed free for right through to the end of the summer. Paul, a great show every week and thanks for all the tips. I want to grow sweet peas for cutting. Can you tell me how to go about this? Yeah, well, the sweet peas, you're buying the plants at this time of year, they're about six or eight inches in height, um, so they're quite young, but remember they have to grow from that to five or six feet before they're going to flower. So, so that tells you the type of conditions they're going to need. They need plenty of organic matter, they need plenty of feeding to, to stimulate mm. that growth before you're going to get some bloom. The easiest way to grow them is to open up a trench. So dig a, a trench, maybe six or eight feet long, about a foot deep. Put in some organic matter. If you're lucky to have some farmer manure or old mushroom compost, that would be fantastic. Line the base of the trench with that. If you haven't, you can buy farmer manure in, in bags and simply tip it into the trench. Backfill the soil, plant your sweet pea about a foot apart and pinch out the growing points. 
They're the little tips right at the very top of the sweet pea. You just pinch those out and that encourages the sweet pea to branch and the more branches you get on it, the more flowers you get. And liquid feed that the sweet peas then with something like one every fortnight. Make sure you provide some trellis or some sort of chicken wire, support. some sort of support. And they can be quite weighty and heavy, so make sure it's a sturdy um, support. And up they'll go. Do they come in a variety of colours? Huge range of yeah. colours. There are also dwarf sweet peas suitable for things like hanging baskets and window boxes that only grow maybe a foot in height and tumble over and give you lots of colour. And of course sweet peas are just fantastic for cutting. So you start to cut them from about the first or second week of June right through to the end of the summer if you continually pick the blooms because they, once you take the flowers off the sweet peas are trying to reflower, produce their own seed so they're continually producing fresh flowers. So as long as you pick the flowers once a week uh, the plants will con- they're remain a generous flower. plant though. Very, very generous. They produce a huge amount of flowers. Many of the varieties are the Spencer varieties for example are highly scented so they're beautiful in bouquets, lovely for churches, for the home, those sort of areas, you know, for a bit of colour. Can you give the ratio of sulphate of iron to water for moss and alone? Dep- well, it depends if you're using if you're using a watering can. Um, I would use three heaped heaped tablespoonfuls or dessert spoonfuls into a two gallon washing can. So three of the very large spoons of sulphate of iron into the washing can and into a two gallon can. If it's a knapsack sprayer, you're generally looking at maybe 15 to 20 litres of spray and you'd use a pound a pound weight. Right. Uh, what's that in kilos? No. 2.2. <laughs> there you go. 2.2 kilos of sulphur of iron. Now, I would mix that in a bucket first in a bit of warm water, um, agitate it, mix it up so it dissolves well, and put it through the strainer when you're putting it into the knapsack sprayer. So you're keeping out any of the larger mm-hmm. bits or lumps. And then just spray it on. How quickly should that become effective? Oh, literally overnight. If you, and, overnight. and moss is very bad, Jerry. Very in, bad in, this year. I in lawns. That, yeah. And the knapsack sprayer is probably the w- one of the best ways to put it out. It's a very economical way of putting it out and you'll cover a, a full knapsack will cover most you know a very large lawn most of the, 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 yeah. the lawns that we have a knapsack will cover it very comfortably um, and just walk at kind of half normal pace when you're putting it on so you're not standing there drenching the moss you're moving along yes. with the boom swaying it back and forth but a nice slow pace and literally the moss will start to die overnight you'll be surprised do it today tomorrow morning you'll see the, difference. the moss will be eliminated do I remember with sulphate of iron make sure it doesn't get on your patio or your tarmac and if you've got moss in those areas in kind of hard surface areas use patio magic it's a completely different treatment because sulphate of iron will leave a stain okay. it'll mark it so yeah. the sulphate of iron for the for the um, lawn and the patio magic for the tarmacad and paving slabs those sort of areas a cucolot with chinese leaves is this oh, yeah. vegetable hard to grow can you give me some information on no it, it's it's a, it's actually a vegetable called pak choy and um you use the leaves as the listener says it's it's i suppose it's used very like spinach but you can use it in stir fries you can you can use it like spinach as well the, the leaf stalk tends to be um more uh, robust and, and kind of more stronger the leaf withers as you start to cook it so pak choy it's in the cabbage family um and it's very very easy to grow the Plants are actually available at this time of year, so I would get some plants now, plant it out into the garden, and sow some seed of pak choy as well, so that you've got the Chinese cabbage coming on and Chinese leaves coming on right throughout the summer. So the plants are available at this time of year. They'll be kind of four or six inches high. Plant them about a foot apart into a nice, well-prepared soil. Put in some Seamongus fertilizer before you plant the pak choy. Create a little rage. Um, a little bit of slug control would be important as well, because the slugs love mm. the Chinese leaves as well. And... Um, just keep it well watered and sow some seed as well and that seed will be will germinate over a two or three week period and will give you lovely pickings from July onwards so you could keep the, the picking going right through the summer the thing with pak choy is that you need quite a number of plants because it when you when you cook it you stir fry it or you boil it it disappears very quickly so like, like spinach, spinach yeah. exactly and you need down. you need a bucket a bucket full to feed the family so put in plenty of plants right. and plenty Don't of seed. Don't be afraid of it. Exactly. But it's well worth growing and very, very easy to grow. Apple trees for a small garden. What yeah. do you recommend? Can I grow them in pots or in the ground? Uh, any other fruit I could grow at this time of year yeah, as well? Yeah, well, well, it's a great time for planting fruit in general. So things, even common things like your rhubarb, your blackcurrants, your strawberries, uh, gooseberries, they all can be planted this time of year. Um, with, with the dwarf apple tree, go for the coronet varieties. They're specially bred to be, they're on very short rootstocks which keep them on a diet. So the trees themselves will only grow to about eight or nine feet. They'll grow possibly five to six feet in diameter. So when the apples are formed, you can actually stand there and pick the apple. Oh. You're not getting the stepladder out, of the, right? Very little pruning to do with them. So there are a range of apples called the coronet family of apple trees. Do they yield well? They're very, very good croppers. You'll get about 30 
35 apples per tree. Oh, okay. And that's more than, yeah, you know, if you put in four sure. or five trees, yeah. it's, it'll give you a very good crop. And uh, the Cornet range tend to have all the popular varieties, you know, things like uh, James Grieve, Egmont Russet, all the old, really good tasting varieties. They can be grown in pots and containers if you wish, but you can also, also plant them out into the garden. And a good way of, of planting, if you're doing a small little orchard, say four or five apple trees, plant them about eight to ten feet apart and underneath them plant some gooseberries or rhubarb or some blackcurrants. So you're using the space very effectively. So the apples are cropping at kind of five and six feet high and the blackcurrants, gooseberries are cropping at two and three feet high. So it's a good way of actually using a space of very ground. Good. So four or five apple trees and then put in some maybe four or five rhubarb, some gooseberries, some blackcurrants, um, some blueberries at this time of year. They're all available, Jerry. Great time to plant them. Colourful as well, Park. Yeah, well, and you, you won't good. get a tremendous amount. Well, the cornets will fruit this year. The apple trees will actually fruit this year. Um, so you will get a crop this year, but particularly for the gooseberries and blackcurrants and rhubarb, you're looking at cropping them next year, okay. but it's important to get them in at this time right. of year. I have a large bed of heathers in flower. It's full of grass through the plants. How do I kill the grass? Will I have to pull it out? Asks Louise. Well, pulling it out won't, you know, you're, it's probably scutch grass that the listener has, particularly if it's there for a couple of years. And it can be very difficult to get out. Pulling it, you know, you won't, you'll find that very difficult. You won't get the roots out. It'll just come back next year. And um, there is a treatment called Fusilade, which is specifically for grass. It only kills grass, believe it or not doesn't kill any other plant. It's used, it actually it's a, an agricultural spray that came from the growing of potatoes. Oh. Farmers used to use it mm. to kill grass growing through potatoes. So that's a thing called fusillade. So what you, the listener does is mix it in water, apply it to the heather bed. Now it won't damage the heathers, it won't damage any other plants in the garden, it will only kill grass. So let the grass, as long as it's nice and green and healthy, apply the fusillade through the, the spray machine or watering can. Now make sure that the watering can and sprayer haven't been used for any other herbicides. So make sure that the container you're using is clean. Mix up the fusillade, follow the instructions. A day like today would be absolutely ideal and add a little bit of washing up liquid into the fusillade mix and that will help to stick it onto the grass and the fusillade will kill the grass within about 10 days to 2 weeks. Now you can use it on any shrub beds that have grass growing through it um, so it's quite safe to use. As I say, it'll only kill grass. So, Fantastic. So fusillate. Laurel hedge leaves full yep. of holes and some leaves discoloured. What will I treat them with? Yeah, that's a little bit of shot hole fungus on the, on the um, laurel. It's really an indication that the laurel is hungry and the yellowing of the leaves supports that. So my advice really, first of all, for all hedging, now is the time to give them a light trimming back. It's time to get the old mm-hmm. secateurs out or the, the hedge trimmers out. Cut them back, trim them back. When you cut and prune the hedges, you feed at that time of year. So get yourself a little tub of tub and tree and shrub fertiliser. Apply that around the base of the laurels and you'll, you'll see the new growth coming on in the next two to three weeks and that will absolutely be free of the shot hole fungus. So it's just a sign that the plants are a little bit stressed, okay. they're hungry and now is the time to trim them back, tidy them up and feed them. And not only laurel but things like um, beech can be cut back at this time of year, privet. Uh, all hedging plants should be tidied up, trimmed back and fed, you know, fed over the right. next. Feed them now and feed them again in about two weeks' time. So tree and shrub feed around the base cherry and the dew, the heavy dew at night time will wash Which that does its own thing. Yeah. 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 Now one more question before we go to the break. It's in relation to the sulphate of iron in fact, Porik. Yeah. A caller wants to know is it best in liquid form as opposed to the powdered form you mentioned? Well, well you can buy it you can buy it in both both ways um, but to be honest I would buy the powder it's very cheap to buy you cover a very big area and it's very easy to mix mix it with a little bit of hot water the, the sulphate of iron is very like salt it's a salt consistency, so it's very easy to dilute. And really, what you're just trying to avoid are the large lumpy bits that might get caught up in your sprayer okay. or your washing can. So a little bit of hot water, use a bucket and mix it up, agitate it in that. Yeah. Put it through the sieve. Most of the the uh, spray machines have okay. a little sieve that you can put it through, and that'll just you know take care of it. Take care of it, and then right. get it off. Porrick Horkin is in studio. He's here till ten, taking your calls, answering your questions. Keep them coming. We'll take a break. Mayo's biggest car boot sale takes place at the Main Street Car Park Castle Bar this Sunday. For from 8am to 3pm. Call 086-108-6502. Children, I have a confession to make. I'm not your father. Daddy, no! I'm actually your mother. I won't believe it, I can't! And I've got Netflix. Does that mean we get unlimited films and TV episodes instantly via a game console or other devices connected to the internet? Oh, Daddy! I mean, Mommy. Watch as many films and TV episodes as you want instantly over the internet for only €7 a month. Visit netflix.ie for a month's free trial. 
Date and speed limits may apply. Fees apply after three months. See terms of use. For the best choice and range of lawnmowers and garden machinery, visit the Husqvarna Centres at Station Road, Ballina. Call 096-73560 or McHale Agri Forest and Garden, Brafie Road, Castle Bar. Call 094-902-7896 or log on to www.mayohusqvarnacentre.ie. At LG Glass Limited Castle Bar, our expert staff with over 30 years' experience in the glass trade provide a rapid glass replacement service to all homes, shops and hotels. Call into our new showroom and see our fabulous range of mirrors and door glass at LG Glass on the Westport Road, Castle Bar. 094-90-2200 or visit lg-glass.ie. So, Eamon, what is it this time? Doctor, I keep seeing ads for the Seat Ibiza 5-door special edition for only €13,995 with low-cost finance plus €500 cash back. Am I losing my mind? Eamon, this is what we call wish fulfillment, where the mind projects your greatest desire onto your reality. And Ibiza for €13,995 plus €500 cash back? Mein Gott! But yes, you are losing your mind. Buy a new Seat during March and get a greatly reduced price and €500 cash back. Terms and conditions apply. Test drive the full Seat range today at Rochford Motors Ballyhonus. Authorised Seat dealer for the West of Ireland. 0949630163 or visit rochfordmotors.ie. Everybody's talking about it. But have you seen it yet? It's The Real McCoy, a rip-roaring three-act comedy written by Tommy Marin. It's the Royal Theatre Castle Bar. You'll be rolling around the aisles with laughter at this hilarious two-hour play that's set in rural Ireland in the 1960s. Tickets for The Real McCoy are now on sale with limited availability for Thursday, March 29th and Saturday, March 31st. And now due to popular demand, Sunday, April the 1st. Please note, Friday, March 30th is completely sold out. Contact the Royal Theatre Castle Bar today and book your tickets for this must-see show. This week at Cain's Arrow Clamaris, full range of seed potatoes, onion sets and trays of veg are ready for planting. Why not get them off to a good start with a mini grow tunnel at 12 99 Four grow bags for €10 euro, and tomorite tomato food too for €12. Euro. Summer flower and bulb packs, three for €5. Euro. And for the lawn, call into our brand new McCullough Centre. So for selection, choice and advice for your garden, you need to call in to take it all in at Cain's Arrow Clamaris. Welcome back. We have to do a mea culpa, don't we? <laughs> we now, do. You before do, you, No, we both do. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. <laughs> yeah. Because you got me on the hop. This wouldn't happen if Deirdre was here. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh, bring yeah. back Deirdre. Well, you don't need to worry. The other will be back. I'm not applying for this job. <laughs> but we have to do our conversions again in relation to kilos and pounds. We do. A kilo is 2.2 pounds. That's correct. And I said it back to front. You did. So let you correct now what you have to do. <laughs> so what we were saying about the sulfate of iron yeah. is to use a pound a pound of, of sulfate of iron into the uh, knapsack sprayer. So a pound is what? Half a kilo. Oh, God. I'm right? not even going there with no, you now. Okay. 454 grams. There you go. There like, you think go. of the pound of butter. Yeah. So, we, we, so a pound of, of um, sulfate of iron to the full of the knapsack. 454 grams. There you go. Clarification. Now, let's move on smoothly from <laughs> that. Tell me about the thing you have coming up the fundraiser. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I must mention that. Uh, Thursday night, this Thursday night, which is March 29th in the Garden Centre in Turlock, I'm going to give a talk on, and I'm, I was thinking about this for the last couple of weeks, about going back to the, the, the simple things, going back to showing people how to prune shrubs, how to prune roses, um, how to sow plants from seed, how to sow plants from bulbs, how to propagate plants. So it's going to be a talk that going back to the basics of gardening and I thought it'd be very appropriate um, at this time of year because people are getting mm. back into the garden. We're going to do some lawn. I'll do a little spot on lawn, lawns as well and how to get the lawn back looking good. So it's going to be a night of gardening. Um, I'm going to present it myself from 7 to 9pm in the garden centre in Turlock. It's a fundraising night for a, a local school right. in Castlebar called Letcher, Letcher National School. It's a small country school and they've asked me to do a, a talk for them. Now it's going to cost people 10 euros but it's going to be worth it and the proceeds are going to the, the school all so the proceeds are going to the school well it's going to be a very enjoyable night and, um, but I'm going to keep it very simple and basic for people and you know show them lots of things that they can put into practice straight away so we keep it so do you do it like a cookery demonstration do you all of a exactly. sudden pull something up from under the counter well, and say here's one I started well, earlier it, it might be as simple as that but, but we'll certainly show people how to prune plants how to sow plants how to propagate their own plants how to plant bulbs you know the correct yeah. ways of doing it and pinching back how to you know pinch plants back so all of the kind of typically the sort of questions we've been getting Jerry for the last couple of weeks I'm going to co- cover those but show people how to do them because sometimes you know we do get carried away with, with the gardening programme particularly some of the, maybe the nights we've had maybe you know just doing fruit or just doing mm. a specific topic but I'm going to keep this very general, general. and let, and really keep it on, on the type of things that, of, of jobs that people are going to be doing Fantastic. in their own garden so the type of questions that people have in their own minds at the moment this coming Thursday night this Thursday night 
7 to 9. to 9 p.m. You just come along. The, it, the entry fee will be 10 euros. There are tickets available if you want to book or if you want to book a ticket or go down to the garden centre and get a ticket. They're available there at the moment. Um, so that's this Thursday night, 7 to 9 p.m. in Turlock in the garden centre. And I'll be there and I'm actually looking forward to it. I can and imagine it's crack. going to be a good night. Yeah. Now back to the studio, back to matters in hand. And I see you have my old buddy, the aloe vera The aloe vera, planting. absolutely. Yeah. And again, it's this Fantastic. time of year. I just said I'd bring it in because um, it's this time of year they come available. And of course, gardeners love the aloe vera because it's a great plant for scratches, bruises, mm-hmm. calluses on the hands, uh, any sort of skin disorder. I find it absolutely burns. Fantastic. Burns, yeah. you know, hopefully, um, you know, anything like happy, nappy rash or, um, you know, any sort of skin irritation. The aloe vera is absolutely terrific. And you can cut the plant like I've just done there, Jerry. And it weeps. It weeps and you, there's a huge amount of huge. fluid that comes yeah. out of it. The other thing is, is take a, a potato peeler to it and just trim off the, the, the oh, skin yeah. and you get a huge amount of, of um, the liquid coming out. But it's great. It's a great plant to have in the house. It's very, very easy to grow. It's in the lily family, funnily enough, but people kind of associate with a succulent or a cacti plant. True, it's very yeah, because again, you feel it like little prickles on it. But it's very, very easy to grow. It needs washing maybe once a fortnight, a liquid feed once a month, and that's it. All you want is a warm windowsill. And it actually gets to quite a nice size plant, but it's very useful to have on the kitchen. If you're after pruning your roses or digging the garden, you have some scratches and bruises or any sort of skin disorder, um, put uh, an application of the aloe vera gel onto it and you'll be amazed so how quick. Bee stings, wasp plant, stings, really. yeah, anything like that. Any kind of skin irritation. Um, and Porik, for once you get one of these plants, if you're anyways half green fingered at all, you'll have it for years. You'll have it for years. You'll That's have my it question for years. answer. What, what, what I, but the question we often get is, it gets too big for people, and they say to me, "Well, what am I going to do with it? It's got you know two feet high and it's two foot wide, and what, where am I going to put mm-hmm. it?" So it actually gets to quite a, a nice sized plant over a number of years. And what you often find is it'll produce young plants at the base, offshoots that you can just slip off, prop, pot up, and propagate on. Now you know how you have you, you snipped with your secateurs yeah. a little yeah. stalk. What happens to the remaining part? Does it grow on? No, Does it heal up? Or it'll, heal, it'll heal itself over and you'll get new shoots coming from the base all the time. Right. Oh, so the little wound or cut heals itself very, very quickly. It just dries up and the rest of the plant just continues to grow. And you only need a small bit, Jerry. I mean, that little piece that I cut, it's only six inches long. That would last weeks. Uh, wrap it up in a bit of cling film, oh. stick it in the fridge and it's there to be used at any time. So that's the aloe vera plant. They come available at this time of year. So keep an eye, look out from the garden centres and they're a very, very very easy plant to grow, but very handy to have sitting on the windowsill. Any cuts, bruises, scratches. First plant. Exactly. Let's crack on. What can you put on evergreen trees that are going brown? Bit of tree and shrub fertiliser now would be ideal. A handful round the base of each uh, tree or shrub and that, that will green them up and bring back the colour. I have strawberries in pots out of doors. Can I bring these into my tunnel yet? Yes. And this, will this give fruit earlier? Yes, it will. And, and it's, it, the, the listener has done exactly the right thing. You leave the strawberries out for the winter to get the chill, the winter chill. Bring them in now. They'll come into flower very, very quickly and you get fruit early. Now, the one thing to watch with b- bringing them inside will also stimulate green fly. So keep an eye out on those strawberries, particularly on the young growth, for any green fly or black fly that might come on them and give them a light treatment of something like bud bug clear because that will stimulate the okay. little bit of heat in the tunnel would stimulate the green fly as well so do keep an eye out okay. for that and when they're in flower the strawberries ventilate the greenhouse open up the sides open up the doors let the bees in to pollinate the flowers otherwise funny enough you'll have square shaped strawberries That'd do you ever see them in the shops i you know never they're saw square square they're kind of square and that's a sign they haven't been pollinated properly if you don't get that lovely uh, teardrop yeah, shape that's if you get that square or, or triangular type shape it's a sign that they're been, they haven't been propagated or pollinated prop- properly. So there you go. But now, what would they taste like if they weren't? Oh, the they taste fine, to they be honest. Fine. But it's they're just, just in a regular shape. Yeah, they're just the shape is yeah, funny on them. So you need the little bees. So open up the tunnel as soon as the white flowers come on, the strawberries, and let them in, and they'll do the business. That leads us nicely to the next text because you mentioned plants for bees last week for the garden. Can you give me five or six shrubs I can plant for my bees? Okay. I have a large garden. Well, so first of all, bees, they're doing brilliantly at the moment, and the amount of colour, the willows that are in flower, the dandelions, are in bloom and what you find with bees is that there's enough forage at this time of year so forget about putting plants in the garden that actually give flowers in March, April, May because there's plenty of of forage as we call it for bees Mm -hmm. out there naturally The, the hungry time for bees is actually in the summertime late May, June what we call the hungry gap when plants the spring plants have finished flowering the summer plants haven't come into flower and there's that period about for about six weeks where the bees are actually trying to find plants. Um, So think about that. So the plants I would put in to give colour the late May, June, July sort of period are things like Philadelphus 
which is a beautiful white flowering plant and bees just love it. Wegelia, which again is a very simple plant to grow. Lovely trumpet shaped flowers that the bees love. They'll crawl into the flowers and get the nectar and pollen. Um, Dutzia, which again is like Wegelia, but again, mm. bees love it. Um, lots of kind of bedding plants like white alisum, uh, English marigolds would be good. Bodlia, the butterfly bush, would be another good plant. Fuchsia, which comes into flowering. Yeah, and it flowers for such a long period. So fuchsia, philadelphus, wegelias, dutzias, um, some of the bedding plants like white alisum, uh, English marigolds would be good as well. They'll all give colour June, July sort of period, during that, that time when the bees find it hungry in the garden. Interesting. All right, Park. I got a great little... Oh, no, first this summer, because this one I like. This hi, Jerry, me first, yes. and Park. <clears throat> As a teacher, I want to get the children to grow some plants from seeds or bulbs in the classroom. What will be easy to start them off with? Well, start with some of the... Uh, with, with some of the bulbs, first of all. The dahlias will be brilliant. The begonias will be excellent. Gladioli, lily, lilies, they're all available at this time of year. You simply pot them up into into pots of compost, water well, put them on a warm windowsill in the, in the classroom, right. and they'll start to grow... Uh, very, very quickly within a two or three week period and the children then can either bring them home or plant them in the school okay. garden. Seeds, well, pick all the easy ones like pumpkin seed, sunflower seed. Uh, pick the larger seed. Sweet pea that we mentioned earlier would be ideal as well. So maybe pick the larger seed that are easier for the children to sow. Marigolds would be ideal, both the English and the French marigolds. So English go- marigolds, regular marigolds, sweet peas, sunflower seed, pumpkin seed, uh, maybe ca- some cabbage seed just for a little bit of interest, tomato seed. And again, sow them in trays, have the compost moist, sow the seed, cover with cling film, put them on a warm windowsill, and within two or three weeks, the kids will be amazed with the amount of... It can be wonderful to see it in action yeah. as well. I got a great little smoke bomb from you last spring for the glass <coughs> house for the black flies. It did a great job, but I can't think of the name of it. That's a, a canister called f- uh, Foggish P, which is a small little canister. It's a smoke bomb, effectively. Be careful like how you say that one, huh? F- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Foggish P. So it's a, a little canister, Jerry. It's um, ideal for greenhouses because it, the smoke, you simply light the top of the paper. Right. The smoke escapes. Okay. It, it goes into the cracks and crevices of the greenhouse of the tunnel and it will eliminate any bugs or pests, yeah. midges, black fly, green fly that might be hiding within there. So before you put your tomato plants, before you put your strawberry plants in, as with the last listener, put in a little canister of fog of pea, light it, leave it for about two hours, then open up the fence and that's all your, your clean, greenhouse is clean, bug free, ready to go. Nights and stocks. I grew these last <coughs> year and the scent was fantastic. Yeah. Is the seed available now or will yeah. the plants come up again this year? No sign at the moment. No, no, they won't. They won't. Um, well, it, it's unlikely that they re-germinate. So I would, a pack of seed will only cost you a couple of euro. You'll get probably three or four hundred seed in a pack. So that's a night-scented stock. You can actually sow the seed directly out into the garden where you want them to flower if you wish, or you can sow them indoors. So again, this one might be one for the children to try. Sow the seed in seed trays and compost, cover with the cling film. They'll germinate in about two or three weeks' time. They'll start to sprout in two or three weeks' time. And then you can plant them out from about the middle of April out into the area that you want them to flower. Now remember, the scent comes off the flowers at night time. So you need them close to maybe a walkway, a pathway, uh, close That's to the house. Yeah. Uh, somewhere that you're going to be walking yeah. past or maybe a pot, put them into a pot outside the house to give that fragrance mm. at night time. So once the, the air temperature starts to cool down five, six, seven o'clock, the scent of night scented stock, of Lovely. course it's na- named because the scent comes mm. off at night time. Very, very easy seed to sow. It's available now and you know, it's very cheap and cheerful and Weed killer to use between shrubs, what's it called? (coughs) Well, the the one to prevent weeds from growing will be Premazer 57, which is, if you've got shrubs, if you've got fruit trees in the garden, a fruit bed, and you want to keep it weed-free, then clean the bed first of all, and then apply the Premazer treatment. You can put it through a washing can or a sprayer. If it hits an odd plant, it won't damage it, but it will stop the weeds from growing. So a rose bed would be an ideal spot to put it. So that's Premazer. Funny, there's a question in about Premazer Park asking, is it easily got? It should be. It's well, certainly it's it's available in garden centres at the moment. So you know, yeah, if you have any problem, if you have any problem getting it, give me a ring. But it's it's it is available. Copper beech hedge set last year, not doing very well. Should I feed it? Yeah, well, remember the copper beech it won't come into leaf until the end of April. So my advice really is just to give it a light trim at the moment, get any weeds away from the base of it. And yes, put on a tree and shrub feed, but don't expect any growth to the end of April. So you have another month to go before beech comes into leaf. Don't panic. So. Don't panic yeah. because it is one of the last um, trees like ash. It, it's very late coming into leaf. Now, it's going to be early this year because it's so mild and so warm. So it may come into leaf about the third week of April, but it can often be to the first week of May before 
beech mm. actually breaks leaf. But certainly clean it up, give it a light trim, give it a feed of a tree and shrub feed by all means, and then sit back and wait for it to come into leaf, which it will. I hope I'm pronouncing this next one correctly. Is it Auratum lilies? A-U-R-A-T-U-M? Yes. Auratum lilies. Yeah. Are they easily got? Yeah, they should be. They're available kind of at this time of year. Um, beautiful plant, beautiful colour. Um, you look for them in gardens into the moment. And if they're not available now, certainly by the middle of April, be plenty of plants available. Okay. Is it okay to sow potatoes in the same place three years running? Well, you're better not. I mean, ideally, you, and that applies to any vegetable, if you're growing the same crop year after year after year, mm. you get a build-up of blight, of eelworm, of wireworm, of problems. So ideally, it's better to grow potatoes in, in a different piece of ground. So crop rotation, as we call it. So ideally, the potatoes should reappear back in the same piece of ground every three years or four years, ideally. So where you grew potatoes last year, you should be putting in something like carrots or some of the root crops because the potatoes pulverize the soil, they break up the soil well. They're very hungry feeders. So something like carrots that are not as hungry are ideal to put into where you grew potatoes. So ideally, try to uh, move them around if at all possible. If that's not possible, look at you can grow them in the same piece of ground, but do expect some maybe pest problems, right. some disease problems with them. You need to enrich the soil as well because potatoes are extremely hungry, so they tend to use up a lot of nutrition. Um, so you need to feed the soil well with something like Seamongous Fertiliser or some rotted farm manure. But ideally, I would like to pick every a new two piece to four of, years. Yeah, try every to move them around okay. if at all possible and grow a different crop in that piece of ground. Now, you mentioned earlier on about a weed killer that <coughs> farmers used to use for cutting off grass between potatoes. Yes. And a caller wants to know, can you use that same weed killer for doing the same thing in relation to vegetables in general? Oh, you can. The one I'm, now the, remember what I, I said was uh, fusillade, which only kills fusilade, grass. Yeah. It only kills grass, so it won't kill any other wheat. Okay. So it can be used. So basically, you know the way lawn weed killers only it only kills mm. broadleaf weeds like dandelions and daisies. The fusillade works in the opposite way. It only kills grass. So it's often used for if you've got grass through shrub beds, fruit beds, through potatoes, through vegetables. You can certainly use it. Um, no. I wouldn't be advocating using it, you know, when every time you see a blade of grass. I mean, it's only to be used. The, I think the question was to do with heathers and it would be very difficult for the listener to tr to get the grass out from the heathers to get the roots and all. So in that case, the fusillade is very suitable. You just apply yes. it to the foliage, it kills the grass, it doesn't damage the heathers. Um, I wouldn't be advocating that you start using on your vegetable garden. So, so what should they use, really? It the hole. The hole. The whole good old elbow grease. Exactly. Simple Get out as. there and hold, hold the area. No, <laughs> if you've got an area of ground that, that is weedy at the moment and you haven't put the vegetables in, then use something like a 360 uh, treatment, which will kill any weeds that are there present at the moment. Till the soil over, dig it over, plant your vegetables because the 360 becomes neutralised once it touches right. the soil. And if an odd bit of weed comes, which of course is wet, do the natural pick, thing. It, pick it away or take out the hoe and hoe it off. Um, you know, don't be using weed killers willy-nilly just to, if there's a small yeah. bit of... of um, we'll get a couple more in before we go to the break. How, can, how close to an Ole Lande hedge can I plant a new beech hedge? Uh, well, I'd keep it the roots of the Leyland hedge. Now, it depends if the Leyland hedge has died. I presume it has if they're planting a new hedge. If it has, then I would keep it about seven to eight feet away from the Leyland hedge. If the Leyland hedge is still alive and actively growing, then you need to space it at least ten feet away because the roots of the Leyland hedge would have spread that distance and the Leylands are very, very vigorous and will have mopped up any of the nutrition and any of the goodness from the soil around it so the beach will struggle. Mm -hmm. So, if the Leyland hedge is dead, well, that's fine. You're cutting it back. The roots will be dying away so you can actually plant it within five to six feet of the Leyland hedge without any problem whatsoever but if the Leylands are still actively growing then you need to give at least an eight to ten foot spacing and prepare the soil well because the Leylands the that's roots, a lot of hedging isn't it it is and, and, and oh yeah and the roots of Lelandia, even though the, the hedge itself yeah. might be only three <sighs> or four feet wide place, yeah. the roots will they have go. extended at least eight to ten yeah. feet out from it and they're very very vigorous. and they're as tough as nails they are and you'll, when you're digging the soil you'll be coming across the roots anyway so yeah. that'll be a good indication so you need to keep the beach well away from it what I would do in planting the beach is to dig a trench Again, put in some organic matter into the base of the trench, backfill the soil and plant the beach two feet apart uh, along the top of the, the trench. And that will give them a good um, good root base mm. and plenty of nutrition to, to bolster it up. Okay, one more before the break. Is it fissilis? White flowers come on them, but not on the lanterns. Say that again? Is oh, it yes, yeah, that's the lantern tree. The, the lantern, lantern tree, tree, is it? So the white flowers come on them. It says here, fissilis. Yeah. White flowers come on them 
but not the lanterns. But the, yeah, so it's not producing the actual lanterns okay. in the autumn. Um, really, you need to sow the seed very early in the season to, 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 to grow the plants, to get a good long flowering period for them. And we need a good summer for the lanterns to be produced. So it's really down to Mother Nature. Liquid feeding will help using something like a tomato feed will certainly help to produce the little lanterns in, later on in the, in the autumn. So really, plant the plants early in the season, liquid feed with a tomato feed during the summer months, and really you need a warm, summer, su- summer, sunny summer to produce the lanterns at the end of the season. Very good, Porrick. We're going to take a break. We're on the home straight, but uh, keep with us. We're here until 10 o'clock this morning. Massive Markdowns ends this Sunday at Harvey Norman. Laptops, cameras, tablets, gaming, Markdown. TVs, audio systems, home appliances, cooking, Markdown. LG Direct Drive 7KG 1200 spin washing machine. Now €3.99, save €50. HP laptop with Intel Core i3 processor and 6GB RAM. Only €4.47. Comes with a bonus bag. Massive Markdowns across all Harvey Norman stores ends this Sunday. Don't miss out. The talent show searching for Ireland's top entertainer is back at the Merry Monk Ballina. Opportunity knocks 2012 with a difference. Heat won this Sunday, the 25th of March. First prize, €1,500. Second prize, €500. And third prize, €300. The Merry Monk Ballina, promoting local talent. 096 to help you spend less this week, SuperValue have some great special offers. Like save 33% on SuperValue Fresh Irish Leg of Lamb, part of SuperValue's meat sale. Any 4 for 4 euro on selected fruit and veg. Plus don't forget to check out our new SuperValue range in your local store. Spend less with SuperValue special offers. See in store for details. Home Care Medical Supplies Galway Castle Bar and Ballyhonus. Blue Cross sale on the 29th, 30th and 31st of March with 20% of all purchases. Call in to see our wide range of medical and daily living aids to make life a little easier. That's 20% off for three days only. Telephone orders welcome and free delivery on all items. Call 1890 290 That's 1890 290 Home Care Medical and daily living aids Galway Castle Bar and Ballyhonus helping you care. Inspiration goes a little further this Friday and Saturday at Homebase with everything you need to brighten up your home and garden. Add a splash of colour with our 20% off decorating event, including paint, wallpaper, flooring and tiling. And get more outdoors with our 20% off gardening event, including compost, plants, lawn care, turf, wood care and garden furniture. That's 20% on top of all our other decorating and gardening offers. Homebase. Make a house a home. The Galway Auction Rooms Kilcolgan holds an antique art and collectibles auction of 1,500 lots from deceased estates on Sunday and Monday, March the 25th and 26th. Catalogue may be viewed at galwayauctionrooms.com. Public viewing takes place from Thursday, March the 22nd through to the start of auction on Sunday, March the 25th at 3pm. Yeah. Further details from 087-8144-030. Straight back and on the home straight. Thanks for the questions. Moss and leather jacket, very bad in my lawn, Porrick, so I used weed killer. Now I have it all up. How do I start to reseed. Okay, well the, the key thing is to dig the soil over, prepare the soil well, put in a preceding fertilizer um, into the into the soil before you put on the seed. So just rake that in. So get yourself a bag of preceding fertilizer and then put on your lawn seed and rake it in. And the weather at the moment, Jerry, could not Fantastic. be better for sowing your lawn. That seed will germinate in about two weeks' time and you'll have a great lawn by midsummer. Good. So get out there and get it done. Will you mention again what's eating the daffodils and what's the best treatment? Well what the the um, insect I mentioned was millipedes which which do feed on daffodils or can feed on daffodils but also slugs and snails have been having a field day on on daffodils this year to be honest if the damage is done there forget about the about treating them this year but maybe for next year uh, for the millipedes you can put on that protective sea and for slugs and snails just use the ordinary treatments or some slug traps have aquilegia that has done very well. Can I take cuttings off Granny's it? Granny's bonnet, aquilegia, beautiful plant, lovely old cottage garden plant. To be honest, I would sow it from seed rather than taking cuttings. It doesn't produce cuttings as such. It, it's a herbaceous plant which dies down uh, beneath soil level in the winter and is just re-emerging at the moment. A lovely, lovely plant. Granny's bonnet is the name of it because it's in the shape of an old Granny's bonnet. Oh. Beautiful plant. Either purchase plants at this time of year, sow it from seed, or you can often divide it, split it up in the autumn time. Um, just literally lift the plant and split it in two and replant it. So you won't be able to propagate it from yeah. cuttings. Seed, either buy a couple of new plants. They're, they're generally cheap to buy anyone. There's a whole range of different colours to put them in or else split the plants in the autumn time. 
Quillage, I found daffodils. I bought and forgot to plant. What can I do with them now? By the way, we've got the kilos of 2.2. Thank you very much for that. But uh, daffodil bulbs now, what well, can you do with them? Well, if you still have them, stick them in the ground. I mean, the, the, the trouble is that the, the daffodils, in the, when you buy them in the autumn, the bulb, the flower bulb is already formed within the within the, the tuber or within the bulb itself. Yeah. If you've left them kind of stored somewhere, that flower will have died the, the, the actual flower. So what I would do is plant them in the garden, see what happens. Some of them will grow, some of them won't. You won't get any, or you get very few flowers right. from them. But rather than dumping them, look, at, find a spot in the garden and put them in. Put them all in together. Right. Uh, cover them with soil. See what happens and you can always lift them in a couple of weeks' time as they're growing and plant them somewhere else. Take it from there. Can I use patio magic to clean moss off tarmac? Yes. Yes. Answer to that. What no. does it mean to side shoot tomato plants and how do you go about it? Okay, well, side shooting tomato plants is simply as tomatoes start to grow, they produce between the leaf axle and the actual stem, they produce a side shoot and that needs to be removed. So as the plants are growing, now you won't be doing this until probably the middle of April, the end of April. So as the plant is maybe a foot high or 18 inches high, it'll produce these little side shoots between the leaf axle and the main stem. And once they're about an inch long, you just simply t- take them out with your thumb and finger oh, just take simple right as. so you want to end up with a nice straight stemmed uh, tomato with this, the leaves coming on but no side shoots okay. so that's what we mean yeah. by just pinching side shoot yeah. Okay. yeah wood fence gone green if I use bleach to kill it will I damage the shrubs that are near well it can do absolutely if you're using something like domestic or, or it will it will damage the if it gets on the foliage of the shrubs it will scorch them and, and damage them um, I would use the patio magic to be honest in that instance you'll find it very good is it too dry to sow lawn seed for the next no, week? No, no, not at all. There's plenty of moisture um, in, in the ground at the moment. Look, at if you're thinking about putting in a lawn, take the weather, take the opportunity now. Don't be postponing it. Don't be waiting. Get the soil ready. Now. You've got a good week of weather. There's plenty of dew at night time. There's plenty of moisture in the soil. That grass will, will germinate within yeah. a two or three week period. So make use of the weather. Please spell the name of the smoke bomb you talked about. Foggish P. F. <coughs> <coughs> you're on your own. Yes, thanks, yes, Jerry. You're welcome. From memory, it's F. <laughs> F-O-R-T-E-G-G and then the, the oh. letter P Foggish P um, small little canister look at ask in the garden centre for the little smoke bomb and um, they'll, know, they'll know what we're talking about What can I put around holly trees to make them stronger? Well, it, in terms of feeding them, like remember that hollies are slow growing, so you don't want to be putting on too much fertilizer. They're, they'll only put on five, six, maybe eight inches of growth per year uh, in a normal year. So a little bit of tree and shrub feed, granulated feed, and Jerry, it's it's this is the time of year to be feeding trees and shrubs. If you have hydrangeas, if you have fuchsias, if you have holly, um, give them a, tr- a feed of tree and shrub feed. Now it's a granulated feed. You simply sprinkle it around the base with and repeat it about a month later, and that's all they're okay. going to need. Wireworm destroyed potatoes last year. How do I prevent it? Well, there, there, um, there is a treatment, um, and Porygus, yes, it's a treatment called MOCAP, MOCAP, M-O-C-A-P. Now, it's a, a treatment that is used by farmers that to grow potatoes commercially, so it's like, very expensive to use um, and covers a big area. So that's the only insecticide as such that you can uh, get and, and put into the soil to prevent it. Really, with wireworm, they live in the soil for three years, so you need to move the potatoes to another area. Yeah, now that's like not guaranteed. Yeah, that's not guaranteeing that you, the wireworm aren't going to be in that area. Mm. But you know, it certainly will help. The other thing is to grow early varieties. To grow varieties that will, you'll be digging before, uh, you know, early July, mid July. So Red Duke of York, Sharps Express, Home Guards, Orla, Colleen, all of those mm. early varieties. If you grow them, you'll avoid the wireworm. It tends to be a problem of main crop variety like curse pinks, records, mm. um, roosters, and so on. So grow early varieties would be one way to do it. Pick a new piece of ground, and if you're growing a very large area, you, you can use something like the mocap, which is a, an insecticide Fantastic. that you can add to the soil. But really, I'd only advocate that if you're doing very large areas. Is it too late to cut back black currant trees? It well, it's is it too late? It's it, you're on the borderline. To be honest, black currants, I would leave them alone now. They're going to be coming into flower very shortly. You could do a light bit of thinning right. and maybe remove. You know, if you've got say twelve stems on the black currant plant, remove three or four of them entirely. Cut them right back to nearly soil level. But you know, it's don't do any severe pruning okay. on them now. Winter is the time to prune black currants right up to the end of February. They're starting to bud now. They'll be coming into flower very shortly. So. A, li- a little bit of light pruning, certainly, but not, nothing too severe. When is the best time to spray the wild rhubarb, and with what? Well, leave it for another... Um, I would leave it until the end of it. What I would actually do with wild rhubarb, funny enough, is put a bit of fertiliser on it now. Why would I do that? 
but a better fertilizer rhubarb yeah, now. No, I'm the wild rhubarb. I'm not because answering that. What I'm you, afraid. What you want to do is, is, is actually make the plant very soft. So if you put a bit of, of 10, 10, 20 or agricultural fertilizer around the base of wild rhubarb, that's the old gunnera that grows wild in Ackle, yeah. Ulrani, that people hate. Oh, hate. So put a bit of fertilizer on it. Get it growing because you get actually very soft and very susceptible to weed killers. And the only oh. weed killer they find effective with gunnera is Roundup, funny enough. So get the Roundup 360, the strong Roundup. Mix it in water and apply it May, early June, that sort of period. So f- put some free feed on it now. Get it soft, sup- supple, and then apply the round- Roundup. Now you will find you'll have to use repeated uh, treatments of it to kill it. It's very, very difficult to get very rid difficult of. Very difficult, yeah. tell me. Your suggestion on using the patio magic work great on the moss on the patio. I have some left. Can I use it on my mossy pots? Oh, you can, of course, yeah, terracotta pots or glazed pots or you can use it anywhere where you want to kill moss um, on hard surface areas. So your pots would be ideal. Actually, it's a great idea. Just mix the, the patio magic up, spray it onto the, the pots and that'll kill the lichen and moss growing on it. I want to grow some herbs for cutting. Can I grow them in pots indoors or are they better in the soil? What do you suggest I well, grow? Well, the only, the only herb I grow indoor would be a thing called basil. You know, the basil, the, which is lovely with tomatoes or, or um, any of the kind of Italian dishes. So grow, grow basil certainly indoors. But all the other herbs, rosemary, sage, thyme, uh, coriander, dill, they're all available now. Plant them up in window box or containers. Put them outside. Outside in a warm, sunny windowsill or outside your kitchen door uh, or outside the patio. That's the place to grow the herbs. And pick them on a regular basis. So once we get into mid-April, uh, late April, you want to start mm. picking them nearly weekly. And a good tip for herbs. People often say to me, well, I have too, ma- too many herbs. I'm constantly cutting them. Freeze them in ice cubes. Stick them in a few ice cubes. Freeze the herbs. And then when you need to use them, you can just take them out of the ice Great cubes idea. and throw them into, into the stock. stew. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. In the middle of all of that, happy birthday to a special nanny, Mary Connolly, Castle Colley, Connery. Hope you have a lovely day. Love Dara, Nicole, Michaela, and all the Connollys. We lovely. wish them well. Nothing like it. We have to go, but there's a couple of things. First of all, just you're to off to a heather day, a pedging day. Hedging, hedging this weekend, so come down. If you're interested in putting in hedging, come down today or tomorrow. Billy Kelly will be there to talk to you about hedging. Uh, we'll have lots of people to talk to you, and you'll actually see the plants, and it's a good time to buy them. And um, The other thing I want to mention is Thursday night, Thursday night. March 29th, 7 to 9 p.m., gardening talk in the garden centre by myself. We're going to keep it traditional. We're going to keep it to the showing people how to get back into the garden at this time of year, how to sow the seed, plant the bulbs, prune the roses, prune the shrubs, feed the shrubs. We'll do a little bit on lawn care as well. Uh, It's a fundraising night, so it's going to cost you a tenner, uh, but it's going to be well worth it. And they'll see you in your apron. They'll see me in my apron, yeah. <laughs> so Thursday night, March 29th, 7 to 9pm in Turlock. And uh, good night of gardening and it's going to be something enjoyable. All right, fun. Park, the good news for you. And remember, TV3. Oh, I'll be TV on TV3 on TV3. Thursday. Thursday morning, um, half eight, I'm on again. To, in this week's programme, we're going to do a makeover of a, of a bed. They have a bed in the studio that's looking appalling. So we're going to do a makeover and put in some new plants and... Uh, Dicky it up and make it look nice. Good. Look forward to that. And look, have a good week. Good news to you. Deirdre Kelly back next week. Good. Si- oh, good, says good. you. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> I enjoyed it too. <laughs> uh, you were great, Jerry. You were great. Have a great week. Michael Neary is standing by. He'll be up the other side at 10 o'clock. He's live from Connor Gold in Westport this morning. And uh, from all, have a good week. Take care of yourselves. Pour it back with Deirdre, as we say next week. Have a good day. And as the man said, get out there. Enjoy the sunshine. Get the gardening going. Talk to you. Bye bye now. Recession getting you down. Want to give your kitchen or bedroom? units a new look with new doors, handles, worktops? Then call Seamus today at Kane Kitchen Centre Ballyhonus on 086-853-5661. That's 086-853-5661. Thinking of buying a car but don't know who to talk to? Call Westport Credit Union today. We can help. We have car loans available at the most competitive rates. We are local, loyal and lending. With a car loan from Westport Credit Union, you can arrange a payment plan that suits you. So call Westport Credit Union today on 098 25614. Standing in the late bar, bumper to bumper, wait a minute, where's the dance floor, where's the dance floor? Crockett's on the key balance.